Well, I asked him to make announcement, but he convicted me with it anyway. <laughs> right? How many times do we invest in that equipment and it becomes a towel rack? It's about all it becomes, right? Praise the Lord. Well, you guys going to sing anything else? Ben, you want to sing? No? You're going to pass? All right. Sister Danelle, you want to sing some opera? No? I'm trying hard tonight. Let's uh, go to the word of the Lord. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Well, we'll just keep you a few minutes here. See what the Lord has in store. <clears throat> How many has had a good week? Well, good. Five of you have. Well, hopefully the rest of you will have a better week. Stand together, Mark chapter 6. We're going to begin at verse 44. Sorry, I'm going to read several verses. 44 through 56. 44 through 56. Have I told you I appreciate you? Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your hard work and support for the church. It means so, so much. It really does. God bless you for your faithfulness and your support. Mark chapter 6. <clears throat> this is a great story in the Gospels. I felt uh, compelled to visit it. Mark chapter 6, verse 44. If you're there, say amen. It says, and they did eat of the loaves. They that did eat of the loaves were about how many? 5,000 men. Okay, so that right there is the close of a powerful miracle, right? Remember that story? Powerful miracle. All right, so keep that in mind. We transition from that powerful miracle into verse 45. Straightway, he, that's Christ, constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before uh, unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Um, if you go back uh, and look at some of the framework of this text, uh, it looks like Christ that day had got word that John the Baptist had been killed, or at least that he was in prison. Not exactly sure the timeline, but they believe that's what happened. And so many of them, many scholars say that uh, that was hard news for Christ, and he probably just wanted to get alone and pray, pray for that. Uh, it was family. Remember, John the Baptist was family. And so uh, it says, and he had sent them away. He departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them, that's the disciples, toiling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. 
for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, uh, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, or that, yeah, that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him, guess what? They were made whole. Father, thank you for this record account of uh, your ministry and your miracles and the lessons that you taught your disciples that, that evening. I pray that our hearts uh, would be open to receive those same lessons. May they be deposited in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Let's return back to verse 48. It says, the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. I want to talk for just a few minutes on two words, contrary winds. Contrary winds. God bless you. You can be seated. Verse uh, 48 of the text, I think, is a very, very good replica or representation of what many of us uh, experience and endure while en route to our final destination and heavenly home. Um, Christ's disciples found their boat, um, probably uh, a sailboat, some small sailboat slash rowboat. Um, they found it caught in the middle of uh, these contrary, opposing, antagonistic winds. In other words, they wanted to go west toward home, but they were being blown back east. Uh, so they found themselves in a nautical dilemma. Science uh, tells us that in the Earth's atmosphere, there are many types of winds, but all of them can fit into one of two categories, global or local. And uh, these winds are felt all over our world's atmosphere. And some can be from calm, cool summer breezes, uh, while others have been known to aggressively destroy entire communities. And however, uh, I, I think no wind can be as devastating as, as what the Bible calls right here contrary winds. Everybody say that with me. Contrary winds. 
contrary wind is a force that will position itself against us, that is hostile, it is an adversary wind, it's, it's mission, it has a mission, its mission is to stop us from accomplishing what God has asked us to do. This contrary wind can be used by our enemy to target our mind, our heart, our emotions. It can blow thoughts of negativity, opposition, and discouragement into our lives. It can feed us negative or bad reports. If we're not careful, it, it can do so and actually shake us to our very core. To the fact, to the, to the extent that it can sway our faith to become a little off balance. Somebody say contrary wind. If the winds of life have ever blown you the wrong direction, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, no matter which direction we turn, we're always encountering and always fighting a headwind that's contrary to us. I remember when I was young and unlearned. We had an old skunk that kept coming on the property. And uh, this skunk had actually come in close contact with some folks on the property. And uh, this was actually while we were at export, not while I was a student, but I was old enough to know better. I was wor working there then. <coughs> and so uh, one night, um, I, uh, I was walking down the lane there, and that skunk uh, came out of the bushes, and I said, this guy has been hanging around. He's been in close contact with folks, and obviously when the lady folks would see it, they would panic. And so I said, I'm going to chase this thing because evidently his fog machine doesn't work because he had never discharged it. And so I remember that night, I took off after that thing and uh, found myself on the south end of a northbound skunk. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he hit the fog machine, and it was like I hit a block wall. Hmm? And it was contrary wind. I mean, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that contrary wind got in my clothes. I had a leather jacket on. I couldn't get it out of that leather jacket. I ended up throwing it away. Somebody say contrary wind. How many know contrary winds can blow from many directions? any direction um, contrary winds can blow from a broken home 
contrary winds can blow from the loss of employment. Contrary winds can blow from a, a recent health crisis. Contrary winds can blow from the death of a loved one. Contrary winds can blow from an automobile accident. Contrary winds can blow for us parents when our children walk away from our advice. They do their own thing and go their own way and it keeps us up at night praying for them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Contrary winds can blow from the pain of a marital breakup. Contrary winds can blow from past verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. These are all contrary winds. So as the water was coming in from every side in our story, and the more they rode, it seemed the more their hope of making it to land began to dissolve and be blown away by what? contrary winds may I ask tonight how many in here has felt the force of contrary winds sometime in your life yeah some of us are experiencing it right now if you know what it's like to experience those contrary winds I'd like to just Lean into this story for a few minutes. It's okay. And I want to remind us of a couple notable things to remember. I'd like for us to be reminded of what to do when we face contrary winds. So first point, <clears throat> we need to remember that contrary winds come to all God's children first point contrary winds come to all God's children you know I've heard some folks imply that if you're a believer you should never have a struggle bless their hearts I mean no nothing could be further from the truth <laughs> all believers feel the contrary winds at times blow against them and children of God of all ages have had to face those contrary winds because they come to us all. They come suddenly. They come unexpectedly. They come from different and unsuspecting directions. And contrary winds frustrate and hinder our best plans, our best intentions. Contrary winds slow our progress, keep our dreams from becoming realities. Contrary winds complicate our lives with all kinds of difficulties and distress contrary winds can toss us shake us frighten us all at the same time contrary winds can cause us to lose the hope of deliverance however contrary winds are part of life they simply come with having a physical body they come with having a family. They come with having friends. Because how many know even your closest friends can betray you? Hmm? 
Sometimes we simply experience contrary winds because we are fighting Satan and Satan is fighting us. So don't ever think that because you're a Christian and because you have what you think is an abundance of contrary winds that you are abnormal. All God's children have their fair share of contrary winds. Is this right? Number two, we should remember that God is the God of all wind. Contrary wind or favorable wind. All wind is simply under the control of God. And just because winds are contrary does not mean that God has stepped down from his throne. And sometimes we forget that God is the God of the contrary wind. Sometimes we forget that no wind blows without God's knowledge and authority to make it blow. We must remember that the same God who allows the winds to blow is the same God who commands the winds to cease. Just because we are going through contrary winds does not mean that God has lost control of things. Rather, the opposite is true. The winds prove that God is still in control. God is controlling the winds in your life and mine. He will never allow them to override His intended purposes. Thirdly, we need to remember that the God of previous miracles is still God during the contrary winds. I want you to take a look in the text. Notice down in verse 52. it says they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. So during this storm of contrary winds, the previous miracle of Christ, which was the feeding of the 5,000 with a few loaves and fish, seems to have become a distant memory even though it had just happened earlier that day. Now that they were in the middle of their contrary wind, the power of God and the uh, protection of God and the provision of God seemed to be a distant memory. The last phrase of verse 52 says, for or because their heart was hardened church if we are not careful contrary winds can harden our hearts and make god's miracles and his past deliverances seem so far removed and seem so distant in our memories that we forget all about them come on folks that happens to all of us more than we care to admit What we often fail to consider is that God has a miracle for us even in this windstorm. But we will never see that miracle if we give up, quit rowing before He performs it. 
Certainly the winds can be very alarming, but God still has plenty of power to help us through the winds that we are facing into. So we must remind ourselves, hey, if Christ fed the 5,000 just a few hours earlier, He's going to come through for me in the middle of this contrary wind. Praise God. Somebody ought to raise your hands and praise the Lord. All right, fourthly. Am I already on the fourth point? Wow, we are moving along. All right, we'll never get to know Christ better without contrary winds. We'll never get to know Christ better without the contrary winds. So in the final analysis, opposition, hardship, and delay led to a new revelation for these disciples. Boy, I'm going to go there in a few minutes, but... First, I want you to think with me a moment here. Let's, let's pardon me while I digress. Somebody say Jonah. Anybody in here remember Jonah? Gavin. You remember Jonah? What happened to Jonah? What did he say? He got swallowed by the fish. Man, let's give Gavin a hand. Oh, that's a good job, bro. Sunday school teachers, it's working. Keep up the good work. They're getting it. So Jonah ran from Nineveh toward Tarsus, which was, we believe, the opposite direction of God's instruction, right? No wonder he encountered contrary winds. Why? Because he was going the wrong direction. So, I can understand resistance when we're going the wrong way. But our text today suggests that there's going to be occasions when we're traveling toward the purpose and the plan and the direction of God and yet still encounter contrary winds that's going to test our resolve. That's going to test our determination. <laughs> now that's a problematic concept. Because popular preaching themes today tell us God is obligated to make things comfy, smooth, if you just obey Him. You need that Cadillac? Just walk around it seven times and claim it. God is not obligated to make things go smooth for us even if He's called us to go in that direction. This story disproves that theory right here, right now. Sometimes the fact that we are met with resistance while pursuing our God-given assignment and carrying out His will is a confirmation that we are traveling the right road. 
Huh? Christ's disciples were doing exactly what Christ had asked them to do. They got into the boat, headed in the direction He had directed them. It's important to remember that Christ's disciples were doing exactly what He had asked them to do. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was out on that lake that night, fighting these contrary winds, fighting this relentless headwind, I'll be honest, I'd probably be thinking thoughts like, wait a minute. I'm out here doing what the Lord told me to do, and I'm not getting anywhere. This wind has not let up. At this rate... We're never going to get where we're supposed to be going. To make things worse, we, we've had a long day. Come on, feeding 5,000 people with just 12 waiters will wear you out. Hello? <laughs> we're tired. Why, Jesus? Why did you send us out here in this night anyway. Newsflash. The newsflash that these disciples were going to get was simply this. Circumstances may be against us, but God is for us. Say that with me. Circumstances may be against us, but God is for us. And the reason why God keeps us going forward when contrary winds are in our face uh, is that He wants to reveal to us His all-sufficient grace and power. And in the end, He will receive all the honor and the glory. These disciples were going to find out uh, there would be times in ministry when the finances were going to be maxed out, uh, but they were to remember this, uh, God is for us. Relationships may be strained, but God is for us. Patience may wear thin, but God is for us. Hope may be diminished, but God is for us. Trials may be fiery and temptations hard to bear, but God will be for us. Burdens may bend us over, but guess what? God is for us. Health may be failing and strength growing weak, but God will be for us. And if God be for us, the contrary winds that are against us will be no match for the spoken Word of God. Somebody raise your hands and praise Him. Woo. Praise God. Many times the wind is against us. So God will have an opportunity to step in and speak peace to the wind and the waves. A contrary wind provides us the opportunity to witness the peace speaker in a way we've never witnessed him before. And in the end, contrary winds bring Christ to us. Contrary winds brought trouble and problems to the disciples, but in the midst 
of it all. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. I said, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Verse 48 says that it was during the fourth watch of the night. Jesus came unto them walking. The, now, the fourth watch of the night, they tell us, was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Just before dawn. <laughs> that fourth watch, it was the final watch of the night. In other words, the disciples had struggled, struggled, and struggled with these contrary winds for nearly the whole night. And when all hope was almost gone, the answer, the solution to the contrary winds came walking on the water. Through the dark windstorm, these disciples could see a figure coming towards them, moving across the lake. I don't know about you, but that definitely would have got my attention. Huh? It seems to me that there was, that was a good reason why Christ sent his disciples out onto the lake that night. Is, you know, he could have simply told them what he wanted them to know. But he decided to show them instead. Huh? And show them in such a way that they would never, ever forget. Huh? He wanted to involve them. He had some on-the-job training for them. As the old saying goes, tell me and I will forget. Teach me and I may remember, but involve me and I will learn. Christ wanted his disciples to learn that even during contrary winds, he was going to always be there for them. He wanted them to learn that nothing, not even contrary winds, could separate them from his love and his presence. It's interesting that the disciples didn't recognize Christ out there on the lake, at least not at first. Of course, they didn't expect to see him there in the middle of the night. At first, they, they thought that they were seeing a phantom, a ghost, so they were terrified. But Christ had words of comfort and assurance as seen as in the text. He said, take courage. It is it is eyes. Uh, don't be afraid. Listen, this, this was one of those teachable moments with Christ. The disciples were learning valuable truth about Christ the longer they were with him. And, and for us, how many know the Christian faith involves a lifetime of learning? Hmm? Ignite youth. You don't learn it all in Sunday school. Hmm? Sunday school is very important. But listen, listen, we don't even learn it all in youth group. We've got great youth pastors, Pastor Cruz and his wife and family. But we don't learn it all in youth group, young folks. Hmm? We slowly add to our spiritual knowledge as we experience Christ come and speak to us. When? 
during the contrary winds. Hmm? The disciples learned that Christ always takes the first step in coming to His children when they're in the contrary winds. And in many and various ways, Christ answers their call for rescue. And when we most need His intervention, He, he reaches out with His powerful hand, His nail-scarred hand, and He sets us on our feet again. You remember the night, that night, like He did for Peter. So when trouble comes, when life caves in, folks, look up because contrary winds will bring Jesus to you every time. You just got to recognize him. You've just got to cry out to him. Notice it, verse 48. He would have passed. Huh? He would have passed by them. <laughs> That's what the KJV says, isn't it? The original language is even more blunt. Because in short, it, it shows us one side, one side of Jesus, he didn't have any intention of stopping at their tempest-driven boat. And this kind of reminds us that our Lord is willing to allow his, us to endure hardship for the sake of growth. No doubt these sleepless, this sleepless night that these disciples had was especially hard for them. Like I said, they had been waitressing 5,000 that day. Wait, being a waiter. Yet this was nothing compared to the storms and the sleepless nights into which Christ was going to send them in the days ahead of their ministry. If then... The disciples were going to be spared. They were going to have to take the initiative. Hello. And they were going to have to cry out to the Lord for his aid and his assistance. So Christ's desire to pass by them was not because he was inconsiderate, but rather because he was determined to teach them the habit of seeking him crying out to him in the midst of their contrary swims. Because, at, remember this one. Let's, let's probe this a little deeper. After the resurrection, Christ met a number of his disciples, including a pair traveling on the road to Emmaus, a small village near Jerusalem. Luke says, as they drew near the village, it says, Jesus indicated that he would have gone further. In other words, he would have passed by their small village and he told them as much. Yet this forced those two disciples to be proactive in their request to remain in their Savior's presence. The next verse suggests, it says, they constrained him saying, oh, abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And it says, because of their faith, he abode with them. You know the story. He ate with them, and, and their eyes were open. Listen, in short, Christ does not spoon-feed his children. 
He will not always do everything for us. Rather, we must learn to seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him. Huh? One passage says, feel after Him that perhaps you will find Him. Oh, hallelujah. Christ comes when the winds are contrary, but we need to ask for His help or otherwise He just might pass us by. Somebody say, pass me not, oh gentle Savior. We actually have a reason to thank God for the contrary winds because it is in those contrary winds that He allows us to get a clearer look at His power. He allows us to draw closer to him listen we don't get to know God on the mountaintops as much as we do in the valleys we may never oh I pray may we never waste the opportunity to get to know God better praise God I'm sorry I ain't doing no good I need some help on this is this the last point all right you're gonna help me I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> Fifthly, there are more miracles in store if we don't let the contrary wind stop us. Hmm? Did you read with us down in verses 54 through 56? After this episode, they made it to shore and Christ picked right up, working miracles all around them. Oh, we too will see God do greater things. Somebody say greater things. If we don't allow the contrary winds to stop us. Don't let the contrary winds detour you. Huh? If we don't quit, uh, we'll be able to see the miraculous. Oh, I don't know about you. I'm ready for the miraculous. I may be right in the middle of the contrary winds, uh, but I know the miraculous is on the other side. And when we get through this storm, we're going to seek God do greater things and more things on the other side of the storm. Contrary winds strengthen us for even more things God has for us. And some of them may be more difficult things because when the winds blow against us, sometimes it can be a challenge for us to rise above them and walk into them anyway. Yes, Again, listen, friends, I, I brought a little illustration. It is so simple tonight. It is so simple. Hello. Now, have you ever been out in a storm and it blew your umbrella upside down? I'm talking about it turned it. You know what I'm talking about? Contrary winds. Hey, young people, can you feel this over there? I don't want to get too much on you. We won't leave it on very long. How's it feel? Feel pretty good? Come here, Gavin. Come here, Ethan. 
let that wind blow through your hair. Hmm? Let it blow through your coat. Yeah, that's all right. Well, it makes you look muscles. Gives you little muscles. Hey, sometimes life is going to be pushing against you guys just like these contrary winds. Is that not right, Mom and Dad? Huh? Try to get close. But do you feel that? I know this is a simple illustration, but it keeps blowing against you. Now, that's contrary winds. Now, turn the other way. Now, that's favorable wind. When the wind's against your back and you're going where you want to go, boy, doesn't it? You guys can just almost just lay back and take it easy. Huh? Why? Because the wind is favorable. But listen, folks, more than not, you're going to find yourself heading into the wind. Somebody say that's life. Hello. Somebody say that's life. But I want to tell you something here. Look with me real quick. Look with me. The contrary winds blew against Fanny Crosby, took her eyesight away when she was smaller than these little guys, I believe. But Fanny stood against the wind. Hmm? She took a pen and she wrote, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. A contrary wind took 12 years of Reverend John Bunyan's life, putting him in prison for preaching the gospel. But he stood against it. And while he was in prison, he wrote the classic Pilgrim's Progress. Huh? Because he wouldn't quit. And he kept persevering. Huh? He withstood the contrary wind. Hey, folks, sometimes contrary winds blow on the just and the unjust. Huh? Contrary wind blew against Albert Einstein. He had a learning disability. He wasn't able to speak until the age of three. But he stood against it. Became a world-renowned physicist. Mathematician. They tell us contrary winds blew against Thomas Edison. He had a reading disability until he was 12 years old. He withstood the contrary wind. Went on to capture the world's attention by inventing his most popular invention... The electric light bulb. Huh? Along with probably a thousand other inventions that we use a lot of times, they say, in our daily lives. Contrary wind blew against Franklin D. Roosevelt in the form of polio. Huh? But he withstood it, became the governor of New York State, and then president of the United States. Listen, folks, contrary winds blowing against us today strengthen us so that we can do greater things tomorrow. Oh, somebody praise his name. I like to look at it this way. Contrary winds can even blow us to something better. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have a God who takes and uses what Satan abuses. 
Praise God. We'll find that contrary winds, those troubles and heartaches that hurt us so much, will often blow us to something better if we'll do what Paul had learned to do when he said, having done all, stand. Hmm? He said, stand therefore. Stand therefore. In order to stand up to the contrary wind, we have to anchor ourselves to the things that are steadfast and sure. Church, God's principles are still steadfast. God's peace is still secure. And God's plan is still sure. Anchor yourself to that. Do you find yourself facing contrary winds like the disciples? Do you find yourself struggling and not seeing the hope of, you know, any, any sign of dawn in these opposing? My friend, there is hope even in the contrary times. Uh, let me give you some final observations. Let me just recap. First of all, Jesus never promises easy sailing. It was Christ who compelled these disciples to get to the other side and He knew no doubt that they were facing contrary winds in their future, but His knowledge of the winds didn't stop Him from compelling them to go to the other side. Just because Christ compelled you to do something doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Huh? In fact, he already knows what winds you're going to face and I'm going to face uh, when we begin this journey. Uh, and listen, friends, uh, but stay facing the wind and persevere. Second, uh, you'll never see victory without seeing contrary winds. Uh, when life turns against you, I want you to be assured that God will help you get to the other side in spite of the contrary contrary wind. Nobody has ever had easy sailing on their way to victory. All victory comes through contrary winds. You must not give up just because you have encountered contrary winds in your life. Third, our faith will never grow without contrary winds. Christ rebuked Peter about allowing doubt to affect his faith, his little faith. Uh, listen, my friend, it doesn't take a lot of faith uh, to do the miraculous for the Lord. Listen, all you have to do is act on your faith and don't allow doubt to hinder your actions of faith even when you're resisting those contrary winds. Just remember, God is growing your faith as you carefully walk on the stormy waters even into the contrary winds. Finally, don't give up in the fourth watch of the night. Alright? Praise God. The disciples had struggled all night before they heard the Savior's words, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Let me assure you that though you can't see God, God can still see you. 
Praise God. Somebody, somebody celebrate that. Though you can't see Him, He still sees you. You notice in the text, He knew all along what was happening. Listen, you may be in the middle of the fourth watch of your contrary winds. That means you have rode for hours and hours. But if you will just keep going, you'll see the peace of Christ return. Listen, whatever you do, don't you give up. You will make it to the other side. I'm going to make it. Somebody say, I'm going to make it to, to the other side. I'm going to keep fighting this contrary wind until Christ comes through for me. I said, I'm going to keep fighting this contrary wind until Christ comes through for me. The story ends. It says he got into the boat together with all his disciples and the wind ceased. Listen, friends, Christ's presence happens to do that because he's greater than the winds that blow against us. I said he's greater than the winds that blow against us. And here is the witness of the church both on this earth and in heaven. It doesn't really matter what people have failed you. What really matters is that Christ is in our boat with us. And that means that contrary winds are going to have to obey His voice. Praise God. The contrary winds do not determine whether we make it or not. Jesus determines that. I said Jesus determines that. And if He is all you got tonight, then He is all you really need. I said He is all you really need. Christ is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him during the contrary winds. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand together. Yes, there's a crown to win, Broadway, but there's also a battle to fight. Hello? There's an eternal life awaiting us, but there's also hardness to endure. Huh? Yes, there's going to be a reunion in heaven, but there's a cross to bear until we get there. Yes, there, this is a time when God Himself oh, will wipe away every tear. Listen, but there are many tribulations. Yes, there's a new body and no more death, but many are the afflictions of the righteous. Huh? Yes, there is joy in the presence, huh? but there is pitfalls that abound. And the old song says it this way, it will be worth it all. When we see Jesus. Hallelujah. It will be worth it all. So sometimes you have to learn to sing even in the contrary winds. Huh? I said learn to sing. It will be worth it all. Even though the winds are blowing, buckle down. Make sure your anchor is sure. Huh? Young people, when they mock you at school, 
Don't be discouraged. Did you really think you was going to get through your school years without being made fun of as a believer, as a Pentecostal believer? Just say, it's contrary winds. Hello. Hey, I've had days I came home from the office even. A nice guy like me can have contrary days. How was your day? I could sum it up in two words. Contrary winds. Hello. Contrary winds. Somebody say contrary winds. Come on, Sister Jones, sing it with me. It will be worth it all. Even in the contrary winds. Let's sing it tonight. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I can't sing it. Life's trials will seem so small. <laughs> Scream too much. When we see Christ. Oh, let it ring, church. Anybody on this side? Feel the force, contrary winds. How about here in the middle? step out, come forward. Strengthen your grip on the things that are sure. That's how you're going to survive in the contrary winds until Christ comes and speaks peace. I wish I could give you a timetable and say X amount of time in every battle and you'll be the next candidate for deliverance doesn't work that way God only knows our job is just to persevere even in the midst of contrary winds anybody else you're welcome to come God bless you 
Thank you for being here tonight.